what's the best way to tell the world that you're winning without ever having to actually say that? I think your success has to be defined by you. But is it the accumulation of stuff? Is it trophies? Typically, traditionally, we've always defined wealth as being how much drip you have and how many racks you have stacked on top of one another. Definitely, if I look outward and I say, yo, this person's really, really wealthy simply because of my conditioning, I'm automatically thinking that somebody has to have Scrooge McDuck levels of gold coins stashed away in some surreptitious vault somewhere. But the truth is, if I can really reverse my conditioning and I encourage you guys to do the same, maybe we start to think of the most wealthy people as being emotionally and health-wise wealthy. Maybe you can leverage that stuff into drip later on. So that's what we're here to talk about. Johan Francis right here. Welcome to yet another episode of this ego killer. I hope this finds you doing really, really good. We're out here mining, mining for treasure that lies between the ears because that's where we're going to peel away yet another layer of the human condition because we're looking for that treasure. We're looking for those nuggets. We carry tools, picks, shovels, and we share tools in order to figure out if there's sticking points in our life. We provide repeatable, actionable tips that you can use over time, no matter how many times you get stuck, because this is, in fact, a journey. Building on that means acquiescing to success, being able to walk around with your chest out, your chin up, moving through life with a, an aplomb, right? A confidence being like, yeah, I did the thing no matter what. And to get there, we're going to have to measure out success. So let me know in the comments right now. Okay, let's talk about wealth in your life. If I had to ask you, are you wealthy? Right away, are you wealthy? Let me know in the comments, are you wealthy? That's it. We're gonna have to take the time to discover what that means to us. That's what we're doing on the show today here on Ego Killer because you know me, every once in a while, or every show I'm gonna drop a fight story, an in-gym sparring story or something like that because to me the apogee of the human condition gets tested in the fight game, some of the most battle-tested mental giants that I've met myself personally, I've met inside of the fight gym. Men, women, old and young. Some of the most indelible warriors I've met inside the fight gym. I've tried to pattern big swaths of my own life based on the lessons that I've learned while wearing hand wraps and just sweating my ass off. And I hope that those things come through when I talk to you guys about them. And speaking of which, over this past weekend here in October, we had something pretty amazing happen. But it requires a little bit of backstory. Stay with me. A long time ago, heavyweight Francis Ngannou left the UFC. He left the UFC because he had enough leverage to do so. He had won the belt. He made some money. But what he felt was that he was still underpaid. So even though he's a champion, he's underpaid. What does he do? He decides not to re-sign his contract and to test the market. 
right? The test the market. It was like he got out of a relationship right quick, got out of a marriage, right? And may the marriage was like, yo, I'm allowing you an open marriage, but you have to come back to me. And he was like, you know, I'm not really happy with you. And since you're allowing an open marriage, that tells me you're not really happy with me. And the UFC was like, no, 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 but you got to come back. If you agree to that open marriage, you get the best of both worlds, but you got to come back. And he's like, I'm not really even happy with you. So I'm a bounce. Damn your open marriage. I'm going to bounce and test the field. So he's out here in free agency. He gets picked up by an organization that pays him bread, gives him those stacks, gets him dipped in butter so that he's paid. Now, what does he do? On his way out of that bad marriage, he's making a list of demands like, yo, I'll stick with you if you meet me halfway. I want equal pay for the person that's fighting me. I want all these other, I want to be able to go box. That's Francis Ngannou's dream is to go box. He wants to be a boxer. And by the way, this is a guy who was grazed in Cameroon shoveling sand for a living for barely any money and had to escape three different countries just to get to the U.S. along the way. Ends up getting to the UFC, is in his 30s before he actually starts winning. That's the mindset. Anyway, leaves this marriage, UFC tells him no, gets out on his own, finds some money, ends up getting into a title fight with one of the best heavyweight boxers of our current era. You're talking about a guy who has a, who beat the man who beat the man, right? Heavyweight championship. Francis is living his dream. At one point, he was shoveling sand. Is there anything more mundane and more menial and more, let's just say it, slave-like than shoveling friggin' sand? A sand mine. (sighs) That humans are still reduced to anything like that. In 2023, when we can automate people to make your frappes for you, is simply atrocious. But that's what he did. Fast forward decades later, he's fighting the heavyweight champ. Now, mixed martial artists, typically the best boxing mixed martial artists that exist professionally is maybe an amateur level boxer. Meaning if they went to fight an amateur boxer, they'd get destroyed. Francis decides for my first fight, I'm going to fight one of the best champions of recent memory. Let's stop there in our tale. Define this man's wealth for me, you guys, in the comments, wherever you can. Some would say after he had left the UFC that he defined wealth incorrectly. He got the bag. He got many bags. He had M's. Millions of dollars coming his way. He had gold and honor bestowed on him by your majesty the UFC genuflect in its aura and well he was about to get an even bigger bag something in my guy told him and you're gonna see that I'm gonna draw a pretty tight correlation between that sand stuff and the way that dude be acting today something told Francis you know what I think that bag isn't big enough I, in fact, I don't think there is a bag big enough for me if I don't get these certain things that I want. These egalitarian conditions aren't met. 
and it was to that end that the hyper capitalist UFC, and I'm not saying that as a slap in the face, was like, bro, new. No. That's silly. Get to stepping. But somebody looked at Francis and his value system and appreciated it. A competitor of the UFC, a group of people that thought, we can do that. Maybe we're not profitable, but maybe we will be if we invest in whatever it is that this Cameroonian is making us buy into. I'm on. I'm, I'm, I'm in the Francis business. That's what we're into. It doesn't matter. I'm in the Francis business. The bag he gets isn't as massive as the bag that he would have got at the UFC. Um, I'm not, there's numbers. Look them up. And uh, just on the way out, right, he gets belittled for not wanting to fight the best. But you see my point. Somebody else saw his value and gave him what he wanted. And that value wasn't measured in USD. The currency that that man was trading under was called respect it was called fairness it was called due diligence it was called dignity quite frankly and most fighters and most fighter type peoples don't really deal with that dignity too well like it's all about honor it's all about how many pelts you got on the wall how many pelts i took from your tribe that's how i count my victories they're right there you can see them count them if you want look but don't touch you touch them you get out <laughs> the conventional definition of success is deeply entrenched in material wealth and individuals evaluate their monetary achievements possessions and social status right this perspective promotes a culture where financial accomplishments are the primary indicators of one's worth and their accomplishments. Francis says, miss me with all of that and I'll show you and I can fight. The notion is reinforced by various societal factors such as media, ads, social norms, and shaping people's aspirations and expectations. And it's that last one that we're going to speak to later on today. Shaping people's aspirations and expectations. The things that you want out of this life, right? If I have the means to dangle this golden carrot for you, but you have to do these certain things, jump through these through few hoops, climb this right here social ladder, be friends with these people, you can have this possession. That's wealth in our society. Unfortunately, one of the biggest bargaining chips as a man proved that maybe we're looking to redefine this a lot differently. Now, why was he or how was he able to redefine that? Like, what is it inside of his genome? What is it inside his ears? Like, I was talking about it earlier. We're here mining for gold. We're looking for those nuggets, those treasures that say, hey, you different. You move differently. You need to share all of your knowledge. What did you find out? What vibration are you on? Because you need to share that with people so like we can all redefine what wealth is. If we start redefining 
what wealth is for us personally, what happens to a culture that sees themselves as valuable, not just because of the pelts they have on the wall or how many, um, you know, you go into someone's, I've been woodworking a lot lately. Sometimes I watch YouTube and I see a lot of, um, some YouTubers have like the thousand dollar table saw. You can get a table saw for like $200. But then you have some people that have like the $1,500 one and then they have all the brand names of those same tools that are like German engineered and they're amazing. Like I find myself drooling over these things. I'm like, bro, that's some power tool drip. Forget the Ric Flair. I want that power tool drip. I want to cut my wood and have no dust appear because the dust gets sucked into a black hole. Anyway, um... What is between the ears of someone like Francis? Because what he does later that I'll tell you about is amazing. All right. And it all leads together. I'm going to say that we have every reason to start thinking of our wealth as a function of how we're going to build emotional resilience. Emotional resilience comes about because of our emotional intelligence is through the roof. And if our emotional intelligence is on 10, we're ready, we're willing, and we're able, but we're also able to bounce back from life setbacks. Life setbacks are going to keep coming at you, and keep coming at you, and keep coming at you, right? They're going to keep coming, and the goal isn't to start to learn to avoid them. The goal is to be way more resilient. It is no mistake that someone like David Goggins or that Francis Ngannou himself or the multitude of champions, Katie Taylor. We are just a lot of underdogs have striked through and a lot of game changers have happened in the world of athletics just because a lot of what goes down inside the training room, inside the gym, strengthens your resolve or teaches you or even having the discipline to train when it is excessively hard, right? Something that old that David Goggins talks about, for example, something that a lot of coaches talk about over the years. To work when it's really, really hard gives you a hard foundation of success. It's called emotional resilience. We're building emotional wealth. That's going to be the benchmarker for our successes. Inside of our life is our emotional wealth, our health as currency, right? Our health becoming wealth. These are the major areas these are the currencies this becomes usd one of the ways that that's really important is we think about income disparity francis did right i'm gonna be like god did no francis did let me just say this after every point francis did one of the ways that we could get away from one of the most pernicious kind of mental contaminants having to do with the correlation of wealth and the acquisition of stuff has everything to do with us not paying attention to how much more the ultra rich get richer and that's pretty that could just be the end of the sentence that disparity becomes despicable someone like Francis someone who's in the gym a lot of the fighters that I've met over the years look on this case and that's where their mindset goes, right? Shout out to this generation for being so active and informed about stuff like that. 
Francis himself wanted that his opponent gets papered up when they fight him, such that if he gets an M, the opponent will get three quarters also. Or maybe it's the same amount. But it's some ridiculous amount for an opponent. Never been done before. Let me tell you guys something, though, fam. That might be something that everybody starts to do over the next few years. Like, just being able to discredit your ego and say, that fool that fights me, he is going to make as much bread as I do next. You guys remember when Katie Taylor fought Amanda Serrano? They were in the middle of the ring. I knew I brought her up for a reason. They were in the middle of the ring right there. And Serrano looks at Taylor. They're looking at each other. And they're smiling. They're smiling. It's the largest women's boxing fight ever. Okay? In terms of how many eyeballs are on this. It was a phenomenal freaking fight. Katie Taylor is one of my favorite um, fighters. I love her style. I love how athletic she is. She's fast. And her coach is someone that I've been actually watching for years before I even knew that he was training Katie Taylor. Like, I'm talking like almost 10 years ago, I was watching Ross Enemit do his thing. So, they were just sitting there smiling at each other. Why? Because they did that. They brought all these eyeballs together for women's boxing. That was the first thing on their mind at that moment. Francis says, that's an ego check right there. It ain't we're about to walk out of here with more M's than any women has ever picked up slinging leather at each other. That's cool. But look at what we did for every young girl out there that thinks that she needs to be super, super like hardcore, like acting like a dude to walk inside the boxing gym or thinks that they should give up their dream because it just ain't working out. It's like, nah, we didn't. And Francis did. Francis goes ahead and says, thinking about other people, I want everybody to have these opportunities. And so for everyone to have these opportunities, you need to get right. And so he fixes that. All right? The PFL says, cool. Bet. Let's do that. Thinking about income disparity. That's what Francis, Francis did. <laughs> Francis did. Thinking about his happiness as a person. Knowing that as a fighter, he has a very, very temporal existence as a professional and seeing to that end he's not going to be there for long he's here for a shorter and a good not a long and a painful and because of that it means i need to make all i can not just for me but for my people too. get in get out and start a movement francis did alternative measurements of success it has been well documented. It has been well stated over the last like two years or something. Everybody jumped on that Francis Batten. Let me just say this. Francis has been an underdog for many years in a lot of the fights that he has come up on. One of my favorite fighters of all time is Cain Velasquez. Cain Velasquez has been training in my hometown right here for like, I don't know, 15 years or more. He is been seen around. He's known for being a high-level practitioner everyone regards him as one of the best to ever do it inside of mma and what francis did to him in the cage is unbelievable i am still a fan of francis even though he did that to kane he's beaten guys that people didn't think he was supposed to 
beat at all. I kind of saw through all that. I knew, and I don't know where the disrespect came from. But point is, what was his measure of success? What's your measure of success? I asked you that earlier. What was your measure of success and wealth? Are you wealthy? Apparently, Francis said, oh, I have all the bags in the world. I can't even carry. I don't even have enough arms or limbs for all the bags. I got to carry one on the finger, one on the shoulder, one on the neck, one on the... That doesn't define success for me. What does he think instead defines success for him? He wanted to box. He wanted to get to America to box. He just did that this weekend. One of the ways you guys need to be counting your wealth is by thinking about alternative measures of success. In what regard you treat yourself. Right? In what regard, how much do you add to your community? How happy, how good are you at building happiness in your life? Being happy, finding the beats to that, very important. Those are better metrics for success. Are you too cool, right? To be out here. Dan all in the videos dancing or do you really find yourself fulfilled by artistic expression in some capacity or do you blunt yourself off from that what other moves are you making that make it clear you're all about these different metrics that's what you guys should be focusing on over time so let me just say this Francis is, was real different. He went in to box. I want to box Tyson Fury. He went in and boxed the top, the tippy top dog. Not the top dog. The tippy tippy top dog. This dude is the top dog, and he went in to fight him. Not only that, by the way, he learned from Mike Tyson, who took time out of his to train Francis. Can you imagine being a kid... Francis, maybe getting your hands on punch out as a kid, and now you're getting to train? And by the way, Mike Tyson's training people? Like, yo, talk about talk about an ego death. <laughs> talk about an ego killer. All the moves that he's made. Cause if you're my age and older, you know how reviled he was at one point, then how like liked he was before that. And the he was much more like he was much more uh, feared when he was going through his negative times than he was liked when he was ultra uber famous, right? Big black phenom specimen athlete in the 80s. Like, that, they were everywhere, right? And he was one of them. He has done a 180 and is like a teacher and a, and a, and a leader and a master, and it is dope. I, anyone who makes moves like that and ego kills to that end to where they're now teaching, by the way, the final boss on your way to achieving ego killer mastery is spreading the word, right? That man's doing that. He's doing it for boxing. He's doing it to someone that probably really idolized him. He's doing it to a dude that's as bricked up <laughs> as Tyson was in his day. All these parallels, man. They get your goosebumps out. Right? Because it's like parallel after parallel. Finding that 
learning, listening, checking the ego, asking questions, being humble, asking simple questions of Tyson, wanting him to teach him more, having the great coaching staff that he did have that also taught him a lot about his own fighting style, listening, let me just say, to check the ego long enough to be a professional athlete of Francis's esteem caliber and then just say, I'm going to listen to everybody else and not try to go in here and swing. Please believe that's why he did a little dance when he knocked Tyson Fury down. He said it was because Fury acted like he's taken him to school. He knocked down the heavyweight champ with no weapon in his hands, no uh, like brass knuckle under his gloves. That is, I don't have words to say how amazing that is. That is absolutely a-maze-balls. It's amazing. It is amazing. For him to do that, you can almost say that he has garnered his own type of victory himself. Level of dignity through the roof, right? All 99s, right? He's S-class walking up out of there. Dignity, S-class. Final boss, S-class, right? Unbelievable. Define your wealth again. Because if losing to the heavyweight champion, but by split decision, but knocking him down when you have no business even fighting him, when you have no business standing face to face with another boxer that is as high a caliber as you are, and you're putting all your belts, she's putting all her belts on the line, but all the eyeballs are on you because you just let that ego go? Redefine your wealth, right? Redefine your wealth this way, all right? Take time for your mindfulness. Check your ego. Listen. Be mindful, right? Thinking about how we, how we eat. Build and collaborate with others. And what I can just really say is all of this is just, the goal is to just jack up your EQ, right? The goal is to jack up your EQ, is to take your EQ, that level of emotional awareness that you have inside you, and just pump a bunch of steroids into it and get that thing on, 27, right? Give it as many hugs as you need to. Build up that EQ because once that EQ is, you're fully aware of the way that you feel, you can kind of move through the world respecting not just feelings of of angst but also feelings of happiness just the same we're able to listen better all right we're able to listen better receive information better get coached better walk away from the edge just a little bit better that all matters we start to add up good spaces we start to think more clearly when we're being taught new moves in the gym We're starting to collaborate better with our team. We take time for ourselves when we need breaks away from all those people in order to reassess and think about the moves that we're making. When we do that, we build resiliency, emotional resiliency. And when stuff pops up, we can pop it back down, right? When stuff pops up, we're able to sidestep that thing and keep it pushing because that's really what we're here to do. And not only that, The resiliency that you build up in general, emotional-wise, makes you much more capable um, to to handle um, abrasive or, 
you know, unwanted outcomes that are heading your way because it happens in life. Get that resiliency up and everything else falls into place. This is how we're going to go forward to finding our wealth. Let me know how you guys define your wealth. I really am interested to know that right there on the Spotify down below the Spotify where it gives you a place where you can answer a question. More importantly, stay all the way up.